This is Prayer Room Companion, episode 45, recorded March 23rd, 2011. Confessions of a Lenten Failure, starting over. Welcome to This Week in Prayer Room Companion. I am your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and as I mentioned in the last week's podcast with Father Andrew, he cannot be here this week, so um, we have once again with us uh, Renee Leach. Renee's missing Kevin, though, because Kevin can't be here this time. You'll be fine, Renee. I feel like you're putting me on the hot seat. Oh, geez. You'll, <laughs> we'll be fine. So actually, Renee came up with the, the topic, the idea for the topic. Um, we were talking about what to talk about. And, you know, we're, we're part of the way through Lent. Lent's, uh, Renee said halfway through Lent, but we're not halfway yeah. yet. We're, I think, second week of Lent right now, Wednesday, the second week of Lent. Um, so we just thought it might be uh, hopefully worth you, the listeners, while to talk a little bit about how our Lents are going, respectively, and uh, maybe any insights or epiphanies that we've had. Yeah, I wanted to verify first, though, that or clarify that when I came up with the idea, I didn't think I was going to have to talk about my Lenten progress when I came up well, with it. Well, what else? Are you going to talk about your husband's Lenten progress? Yeah, let's do that. Kids? Yeah, let's do that. Okay, Steve, this one's for you. So, so all right, so we're, we're, let's see, Ash Wednesday was two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, only two weeks ago. It seems a lot longer it than that. It seems longer, I know. That's why you thought it was halfway through Lent. Uh, and we have, uh, I think, four weeks to go. Um, so if how's it going? How's your Lent going? Well, I'm, I'm one of those that I start out with these really big ideas, and I think, you know, really committed. And then yeah. um, as things progress and life goes on, it's, I find I'm not as um, enthusiastic Sure. In week two, as I was in week one. Yeah, so I, very much along those lines for me. I uh, this this doesn't happen every year, but it often happens. It's not uncommon for me. Um, I had my my list of devotions and spiritual reading I was going to do. Um, but what Lent has done, it's not. It's been a good thing, not a bad thing in any by any means. Um, I've pared them down because I I had to simplify what I was doing oh. because I was really spread out. You know what I mean? I was doing this, reading this, reading that, reading the other thing. But it, but that's not really the point. And, and that's what actually my wife told me is, you know, shouldn't you just do like one or two things? And uh, this year, in Lent, I didn't feel like I was setting out to do a ton, but it was just several things, even though they are kind of small things, um, just a little bit of reading in each book. I just be, it was it was too much. It was too complex, um, and the whole point is just to you know I mean to take the opportunity to grow in our awareness of, of Christ and His presence and to seek strive after greater holiness and so on. Um, so I have I, I pared down extensively, frankly, by the beginning of the first week of of Lent. So we have Ash Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Already by Monday or Tuesday last week, I had you were slicing. I was slicing. <laughs> So, have you ever had that experience? Yes. Yeah. I my one of my um, I um, fast from something during Lent, but I also add something during Lent. And one of the things that I was going to try very hard to do was do a daily rosary. Yeah. And that lasted about the first three days. Yeah. And then, and then I'm finding I'm not doing it, or I'm getting in, you know, one or two decades, and then I'm falling asleep. Falling asleep. Right. Yeah. Yep. So. Yeah, it's definitely easy <laughs> to do that. Um, you mentioned fasting. So what, as a convert, talk a little bit about your experience of fasting. 
Well, it's a, it's an idea unique to me. Um, I know when I visit about it with my Protestant family, they were saying, you know, why why are you fasting? What are you, what are what is the purpose? Um, to me, it's it's a it's a challenge to fast every every year. Um, but I am very aware of those things that I've given up. And so um, I think the, I, the concept behind it is a brilliant one. It's a good idea, as long as you stay focused on the reason why. Which is what? That you are, um, see, and this is where he puts me on the hot seat. Well, well if you're going to be attentive <laughs> to the reason why you're giving up coffee or whatever you're doing. Well, for me, I'm acknowledging that the suffering that Christ went through <laughs> On Calvary, and I'm sharing a little piece of that with him. Okay. And also, I think there's also the, the reality of trying to bring our, our sort of our body in line, so to speak, our, our bodily desires. Exactly. And, and for me, what I try to do is um, fast from those things that are keeping me from God or keeping me from having a relationship with God or keeping or, or making time in my day. So for instance, one of the things that I gave up um, this year, as an example, is I gave up Facebook. Um, And at first I thought it wasn't going to be any big deal because I've done it before. I've given up Facebook in the past. And what I'm finding this year is I am really struggling with it. Um, I haven't jumped in it since I gave it up, but um, the desire to do that is there. And it's making me very aware that I was probably spending more time out there than... One more reason to avoid Facebook. I should have. <laughs> I um, always use my kids an excuse, you know. How do you handle Sundays, out of curiosity? Um, Sundays are, we, we start the... With fasting, With, sorry, fasting. with fasting. Oh, I knew this was going to come up, too. Um, I fast okay. for the 40 days. Not everybody does. What do you do, Because you're better. No, I'm not. <laughs> so you don't have coffee on Sundays? Well, my friend Chris said that I could have coffee on Sundays because it was a, a day of guy, rest. Your friend Chris. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, every Sunday is a little Easter, even the Sundays during Lent. So I abstain from my fast. <laughs> I fast from fasting on Sundays. And of course on solemnities because we almost always have two solemnities that fall during Lent. And we've already had one and yep. you missed it. And I missed it and you didn't tell me about it. Uh, the first one, of course, this last Saturday was the Solemnity of St. Joseph. Um, and then we have coming up this Friday, the, the Solemnity of the Annunciation. And, and as far as the church is concerned, of course, these are, solemnities are, are great feasts. And the, the Catholic tradition is that you do not... Um, Days of great solemnity are not uh, days of penance. We, we rejoice and we're celebrating whether it's St. Joseph or the Annunciation. Um, so you can bet this Friday I'm having coffee. I was just going to ask, I does this mean I get to have coffee on Friday? Absolutely. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I mean, I know, I know lots of people like, who, like you, will, will maintain their fasts throughout Lent. And there, there's certainly um, nothing. Are you more mindful, though, that, for instance... Chris and I have this coffee thing going. Are you more mindful on Sunday that you are drinking that as a, a means of resting or celebrating a mini Easter, or are you just drinking it because 
Are you mindful when you drink that coffee on Sunday? I probably could be more mindful. What I'm mindful of is how darn good it tastes. <laughs> <laughs> because it's really... Um, Isn't it amazing how much better coffee you're, smells when, when you, you can't you have it? it up. Yeah, yeah. I'm kidding. Um, but yeah, that's, but that's you know, how you handle Sundays. People have different perspectives on that, but I... Mm-hmm. What is the church's? I mean, what is? Well, it's, it's 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 a day of rest. It's a day of rest. A day. Of, well, that's but it's just that it's a day of rest. It's a day of rejoicing and okay. celebrating the risen Christ, even though we are in the liturgical season of Lent. So, so anyway, um, okay. I was just curious how you handled Sunday. Well, I, I I guess for me, I haven't been so great about the whole rosary thing during the week. So maybe not having coffee on Sunday is a a good penance for me. There you go. There you go. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I want to just give you everybody an example of the, the kinds of things that I intended to do. I didn't mention this earlier. I wanted to mention it because there are some really good books, actually, that I had set out to read and that people might be interested in for their own sake, maybe Lent's to come. Um, St. Francis de Sales was a, uh, a, a, a saint. He's a doctor of the church in the 17th late 16th, early 17th century in France and Switzerland. He was actually the Bishop of Geneva, but the Calvinists uh, controlled Geneva at the time. So he, he, um, he was literally physically in, I don't remember what town, but somewhere in France because he couldn't be in Geneva. But <laughs> he, quite effective. The, yeah, yeah. Um, I've never read that before, um, and it's a, a spiritual classic, so I thought it'd be good to read. So I was going to read that. It's a really neat book called the gargoyle code the gargoyle code by um father dwight longnecker he's a convert he was an anglican priest and now he's a catholic priest um he's written a number of books but this is a book in the in in the tradition of the screw tape letters by c.s lewis have you ever read that i have not but i you've you mentioned know, several okay. times i need to yep um, so what the, the, both books, for those of you who maybe aren't familiar with, with the Screwtape Letters, the Screwtape Letters by C.S. Lewis, he, he wrote these letters, uh, th- this book, as a series of letters from one tempter, one demon, to another, sort of giving him instruction on the best way to tempt um, his charge. So the, 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 uh, the idea that's being used is as as that every one of us is assigned a tempter who tempts us. Um, and so he, he uses that as, as a means to sort of, um, Lewis uses it as a means to communicate to us some ways that we need to be aware. So Father Longnecker sort of did an updated version, so to speak, of the Screwtape Letters in his The Gargoyle Code, um, where in our day and our time in the United States, some of the challenges oh. that... Um, the specific ways where perhaps our culture tempts us or the 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 demonic tempt us. Um, so it's very relevant. Yeah, 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 yeah. It just came out a couple of years ago. I just got it last year. Um, I'm still reading that, but but the introduction to the devout life went by the wayside because I realized <laughs> I think it's going to be my Easter reading because I, it's a, it's a book that I can't be reading other things at the same time because it's it's reflective. It, it calls for you to. Um, engage in it in a way that I don't think I can when I'm doing other things. Uh, the Magnificat Lenten Companion is another devotional that I'm I'm doing that one also. Um, and that's actually it, I think. But what I, I, I cut out introduction to the devout life and I'm just doing the Gargoyle Code and, um, the Lenten, Magnificat Lenten Companion. But I'm also, what I, what I have found really fruitful this Lent, uh, is just to sort of do Lexio Divina with the daily readings. Uh, just 
you know, and I've I've done that in the past, but it's it's really been fruitful for me of late. Where I I try to um, go before our Lord in the the Eucharist, um, in, in in some church, maybe my parish or here at the cathedral, um, and and bring the readings, uh, magnif- my Magnificat with me, and just read the readings. Um, slowly and prayerfully and see how God is speaking to me. But then, and this is my big challenge in my prayer life. So it's, it's, it's very, well, it's providential that it's working the way it is just trying to rest in his presence. You know, it's for me, I talk too much in my prayer. I don't listen enough. I I'm with you. So are you doing that daily? Uh, yeah, no, of course not every day. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I have been, I, I, I bet my, my goal is, and I just, okay, just go over it to go to the chapel, go to the parish, go to, the, go to a church for five minutes. Now, literally, I, I, it, it all easily turns into 15 or 20 minutes that I'm there. But I think telling yourself, I mean, that's just because we know our nature, just saying I'm going to do this just for five minutes would probably, me personally, would encourage me to, because it's only going to take five minutes of my time, even if I spent more time there. Exactly. Yeah. So, so that's been good. I, I, I've really valued that. And then, as we've indicated, I gave up coffee. That was the thing that I gave up. So, so any any um, epiphanies that you've anything that you would be willing to share? Well, I, I've I've had an epiphany in the last week. Um, I've I've been on a quest for a while on having a closer relationship with God, and I my mind told me that the better my relationship with God was, the easier this Christianity thing Mm -hmm. would be. Um, And it dawned on me in a huge epiphany that um, it it isn't easier. And and the reason why for me it isn't easier is is because as I continue this journey, I am more aware of what a sinful creature I am and things that I might have just thought, oh, well, that's just... That's just Renee. Um, no big deal. I'm realizing um, are probably things that I need uh, to be confessing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, this is my personality work. So yeah, or not? Yeah. So is that? Have you, did you find that that? I mean, could you say that 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 awareness um, was the result of the, the the things that you're doing for Lent, or is that just part of your? I I. I think so, um, because I've made a concerted effort to, like you, spend more time with the daily readings and, and spend more time on um, reading the gospel. And um, I, I had mentioned this book before, but I'm reading a book on women of the gospels, and it's it's a Bible study. It's a Lecto Divina Bible study, and it, and it, and it visits about um, the women of the gospel and how Jesus used them to accomplish his mission and... Um, I'm seeing myself, my character traits in many of these women, and, and it dawned on me all of a sudden that all of those, all of these women that he used, um, were, were pretty sinner, were pretty much <laughs> sinful people. <laughs> he didn't use, he didn't use saints. Then he used sinners. The sinners, yeah. And and you draw from that what? I draw from that that I need to be mindful of my sins, um, but if I keep my heart true and my eyes focused on God, He's going to use me where I'm at. Yep. 
yeah, I'm reminded there of, of what Jesus said in one of the Gospels. Um, I, ca- I came not to call the righteous, but the sinners. I mean, that's why he came. Because, we're, I mean, it's one of the reasons he came is because he needed to save us from our sins. Exactly. But, in the, but the big thing for me was I had to, I had to acknowledge that, that um, it was, it, I was going to church and I was working for the church and I was, you know, reading and doing all these things. But it wasn't until I acknowledged my character flaws, my sinfulness, that the epiphany happened and, and the, the wall that I have been trying to crawl over sure. for the past years wasn't a wall that God had built. It was, it was me right. that I wasn't acknowledging. So you said um, you thought that if you grew closer to God, a stronger relationship with him, this Christianity thing would be easier. What do you, what do you mean by that? What would be easier about this Christianity thing? Well, that it would be easier to be good. It okay. would be it would be easier to um, to fe- to feel his presence. And while um, I know how to get there, I know how to get into God's presence, and I know how to feel that closeness to Him. Um, I am just I'm more mindful of the fact that what I say and what I do and what I think are not always pleasing to God. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So that just—I think you're right that it—it's in a sense living out our faith. Well, I think it does get easier one in one way. In another way, it, I mean, it, because we are sinners, even as we continually strive to go and ho- grow in holiness, um, it's always going to be a struggle because there's until the end, um, there's always going to be that be that part of us that says no and you know doesn't want to i'm in control yeah 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 Yeah, actually that just came up in a meeting i had today talking about control and what's really fascinating to me um and i i I read this somewhere i didn't come up with this insight myself but um i think our culture in particular it's we we want to have control because we believe being in control will give us security comfort peace um the curious thing is that as much as we strive to control our lives and the situations we're in, um, we are very anxious people. Exactly. So it's like, you know, we're squeezing, trying to hold on so tight, but in doing that, we, we, the thing we're trying to avoid, anxiety over life, is actually increasing. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, and that's I find myself having to physically offering throwing my hands up in the air saying, God, this is yours because I can't handle it because I do the same thing. I try to control the situation and control the environment I'm in because if I'm in control, nothing can hurt me and nothing can get close. Um, But the more I try to control, the more stressed out I get. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's one of those funny things about life where as opposed to if we just simply trust in God and recognize that the reality that he's in control and we're not, um, then life becomes much simpler. Do you ever find yourself in a situation where nothing is going right and everything is confusing and you're stressed out and then all of a sudden you realize, oh, I didn't invite God into this or I didn't ask God for this. And I find myself doing that lately. It's like, well, why didn't you go to God with this first instead of I jump in head first and... Yeah. I'm going to manage it myself. Yep. Yeah, there have been times for me where I had maybe, and this is, this is, well, in the last 10 years maybe, um, 
where I had a plan for my life. And again, this is even as I'm striving to live <laughs> as a Catholic. And uh, on one occasion in particular, I had this you know specific course with regard to, to something. And God, it actually was on a Good Friday in 2006. God sort of gave me a kick in the behind. And mm-hmm. I realized that it was my plan, but not his. It was a quote unquote good plan. It was a plan that I thought was for his purposes. Um, but it... It was my plan and not his. We, we learned that in our family, too. I, we learned that God has a great sense of humor. At one time in my life, I had said I would never live in Sioux Falls. <laughs> I would never um, put my children in a daycare in Sioux Falls. I would never have a certain job. Um, and after I said I would never do all of these things, um, a month later or two months later, I found myself living in Sioux Falls, working in a job I said I would never work in and my children were in a daycare <laughs> center Sioux in Sioux Falls. So, yes. And it all worked out. It was all, yep. looking back, it was all according to his plan, but it was it was definitely a leap of faith. Well, and I think, that, I mean, that, that's the key, leap of faith. I mean, do, do we trust that? I mean, even if the circumstances were difficult, you said it worked out. Even if they hadn't worked out, we're called to recognize, okay, he knows what is best. And in, and I'm not saying it was an easy journey to to get to that place where we found ourselves in Sioux Falls and working in this job, and because it was it was for me it was very stressful because I was still trying to control right right <laughs> control the situation, but um, but we went forward with it anyway, and it it turned out to be the best decision for our family. Right. Yeah, funny how when you let him lead tends to work out one way or the other. Well, and, I, and I'm discovering that when we let him lead the plan he has for us is 10 times better than anything we right. would have thought of ourselves anyway. Yep. And he'll let us, I mean, if we want to fight against him, he'll let us do that for a while, hoping that I think at some point we'll wake up and say, duh. <laughs> yeah. So any, anything else in the, the, this Lent, this year Lent in particular, has been a way it's been fruitful for you? What about you? Oh, that's, that's not even. <laughs> I'm going to turn that back. Um, I, 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 I'm going to go back to what I said before. Just the the practice of just resting in Jesus's Eucharistic presence um, has been very. And there, there are no great insights from that, but it's just been um, calming but in a deep way i might it's you know not just sort of you know relaxing like in a bubble bath but just um just being with him and knowing that you know i mean sometimes like i like uh mary mm-hmm. um just sitting at his feet exactly and listening to him um you know i i i will read uh maybe one of the books a little bit but a lot of the time i just try to rest in his presence and a number of priests um, have have recommended that you know not worrying about saying the prayers because that's my thing that's my struggle for a long time has been to check off my prayer list but to make my prayer um, so really duty bound about saying certain words um, in fact one of the first I don't know if it was the first Sunday in Lent. No, I don't think it was. One of the first readings uh, in Lent, the Gospels, Jesus talking about the three things for Lent. Maybe it's West Wednesday, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. Yeah. And, you know, in prayer, do not babble as the pagans do. Um, 
God knows what you you need before you even ask. That really struck me because you know that can be that can be my my temptation is to to just say these words. Just say a rosary and you're done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So so that's been very fruitful just for my spiritual life in general. Um, now again, it's only a couple weeks in, but um, I'm hoping that I can maintain that and not be so wrapped up in I've got to say my certain prayers and I try to do those you know if I'm in, in, the, in the car on the way to work whatever they're good I mean they're beautiful prayers that the church gives us but trying to I mean the purpose of prayer is to um, be in relationship conversation yeah and and conversations two way and so I'm trying to focus more on the listening, listening. yeah um, so that's probably again that's not an insight but it's been a uh, a fruitful aspect of my Lent so far this year the other thing that I've been trying to be really mindful of, um, a priest friend of mine had said um, during a time where I was very anxious, he said, Renee, if it's not of God, does it really matter? And so I've been um, trying to be more mindful about making my life about God. So the books that I read, the programs that I watch, the, the ways I'm spending my free time, um, just trying to make sure that it's all pleasing in God's eyes and not, I'm not, I'm living in this world. I'm not of this world. Right. It's so easy. And this is sort of tangential to what you were just saying. It, it, I find it so easy where I just, I just want to unplug. Yes. And so I, you know, whether it's TV or the internet, like aimlessly, you know, browsing or flipping the channels or whatever Facebook. it is. <laughs> Facebook. Um, but that's, that's not, that's not Christian because every moment we're supposed to be striving to be aware of his presence. And we can do that. I mean, it's not that we can't relax, but, but even our relaxation in a sense has a purpose. Um, exactly. To be aware of him. Exactly. So, um, anything else? Not off the top not of my head. Of what do you get? Uh, I no, I think that's about it for me too. Of course, we're well, we're still a month away or so, but we'll be moving towards Holy Week. Do you, are you, do you typically are you able to get to the Holy Week masses and liturgies? You know, I have to be honest. As a convert, the Holy Week masses are probably my favorite time of the year, even over um, Christmas. Christmas, oh. and I, um, I, we take the opportunity of attending Chrism Mass. Um, and to to follow that chrism oil all the way through um, as it, as it is distributed back into the parishes and then it, and used in the in the masses um, that go through Holy Week. It's to me, it's a very powerful, very moving, very meaningful set of masses. And I, and um, as a Protestant, we did. We did Ash Wednesday, and we had um, Easter Mass. And um, I just think of all the years that I missed out sure. on. The, the Holy Thursday. And the fr Good, Good Friday. Friday. And do you go to the vigil? I have, yes. Like, Do you typically or not? Um, as I'm getting older and, and, and on this journey, um, I find it very meaningful. I like to go. Um, it's a long mass, though. Yes. So sometimes I go by myself. <laughs> yes. yes. We last year we took all of our 
we all went, the whole family went. Um, and the little we, ones too. Little ones too. And then after mass, we went over to some friends for a quote unquote resurrection party. Oh. Uh, so uh, the, the kids were up till like midnight. So what did the resurrection party? We were, well, they just, in this case, they were just playing with friends and there are some snacks there, that kind of a thing. Um, just another, another family and us. Um, I, that was something when I, uh, at college at, um, Steubenville, Franciscan University of Steubenville, they would have, they'd have uh, the, the, the vigil was the Easter mass. I mean, they had Easter morning as well, but the vigil was the big deal. The big deal. Um, and after that, they'd have like a huge spread in the student center, like, you know, like hors d'oeuvres and appetizers and stuff like that. So I've always, you know, as our kids get a little bit older, um, to be able to do something like we that. Celebrate. To celebrate, you know, I mean, because mm-hmm. that's what we're doing. I mean, we're celebrating the Mass, but then to translate that into, uh, you know, a familiar form of celebration mm-hmm. to try to confirm and drive home the reality of, of what we just participated in. That's awesome. So, yeah. So I don't know if we're going to do that. The, the, the family that we did, did that with last year is traveling um, this Easter, so maybe we'll just have our own resurrection party. But, so... Well, and that's still over uh, a month away, so plenty of time to f- think about that. That's right. Anything else you think would be worth sharing? I can't see you shake your head. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. Um, I would just advise people that d- don't, get, don't get discouraged if you're, the first two weeks haven't gone as well as you hoped. It would, and that there's still there's still time to make it a meaningful Lenten journey. That's a very good point. Even if you haven't been, as say you haven't prayed, you know the rosary right. is. It, yeah, I've because I've done that before. I've given up. I mean, there's a difference between like my paring down is yeah. one thing. That's but I've in the past I've completely just given up. And you're right. I mean, you can recommit yourself anytime, and it can still be fruitful. Exactly. Exactly. Cool. Thanks, Renee. You survived the hot seat. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) That's it for this week on Prairie Room Companion. We'll see you again next week.